Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I'm excited for today's episode because I'm going to talk to a guy that I've wanted to have on this show for over a decade, and I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. I've already conducted it. Um, I thought it went great. Um, I hope you indulge us a little bit. Um, Robert and I have become friends over the last few years, and uh, part of our banter is just friendly banter at the beginning, kind of talking about things. But I think if you're interested in what we talk about on this show, you'll primarily be interested in what we're talking about during that. We're also going to hit up a couple of uh, topics that I barely touch on on Vitality Radio that I really need to dig into a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about the importance of selenium and copper, how they interact with magnesium and iron, things like that. So we're going to get into all that in a minute. I want to let you know that we have had the greatest year in my business life this year. And I have you, uh, at least partially, to thank for that. Uh, Between what's happened with um, my podcast kind of exploding this year, that's five times the size it was just in June, my Instagram account kind of going crazy, my Facebook uh, listeners community, and what's happened with Vitality Nutrition in, in Bountiful, uh, the physical store, as well as VitalityNutrition.com, and some awesome stuff in my personal and family life as well. It's just been a phenomenal 2022. I know 2022 hasn't been easy for everybody, um, and I don't know if I would necessarily consider <laughs> this year easy for me. It's been crazy, but it's been mostly just fantastic. I can't imagine a better life, and I appreciate you for helping me achieve uh, what we've achieved this year. I hope that it comes um, on the back of um, helping you to live a healthier and better life um, for yourself through the things that you're learning here on Vitality Radio. I'm so excited to share with you my next guest, and, and the interview went longer than anticipated, so we're going to get right into that. But just remember, if you have questions about anything you hear, call us at 801 801- 292-6662. That's our number at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful. You can come visit us in person if you're nearby. We'd love to have you. Or you can check us out online. VitalityNutrition.com is the website. You can even open up a chat window and chat with me there uh, if you would like. All right. Without further ado, here is my interview with Robert Scott Bell. So I first learned about my next guest at a trade show maybe 12-ish years ago. I don't remember how long ago, but it was probably a year or two into Vitality Radio. And I saw this guy off in the corner at this trade show, and he had a table, and he was speaking into a mic, and he had a guest on that was a guy that I really wanted to have on Vitality Radio. And that's what caught my attention, because I didn't know who the guy on the other mic was who happens to be my next guest. But I knew who the guy he he was interviewing was, and I thought, oh, man, I... Who is this guy? I got to know who he is, how he got this guy to go on his show. So I started researching my next guest a little bit. I actually, I doubt he remembers this, uh, but uh, I pulled him aside uh, at, I think, one of the lunches that was being served or something and introduced myself and asked him a little bit about himself. And he was telling me about his show. And I've been following him ever since. And in short, and this isn't because I'm about ready to welcome him on Vitality Radio, but in short, I've looked up to this guy for a long time 
because he was doing what I really wanted to do. He had a show that had a real listenership base, had actual people that were uh, you know paying attention to him on a regular basis, not just in one city like I had, but across the country. And after all these years, he now lives in Utah where I live and we've hooked up and become friends. And it's time to finally welcome Mr. Robert Scott Bell to Vitality Radio. Jared St. Clair. Wow. What a backstory. I, do you remember who the guest was I was interviewing that time? I, I don't remember who it was. That's okay. the funny thing. But I remember thinking, I want that guy on my show. How did that guy get that guy on his show? <laughs> That's what stuck out in my mind. That is so cool. And I love, again, your history is just, and I know all your listeners know it, but I so much appreciate knowing your backstory, your family, and your dedication to all the things that I love so much. And, you know, as I, I attempt to do every show, bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you and everybody listening. And it's such a passion. And I know you have it and share it. And uh, like I said, I feel like a brother. Well, I think we're both in this doing the same thing for similar reasons. So it's it's great to have you on and and to have someone who, especially over the last couple of years, has been as outspoken as you have about all the craziness going on in this mm -hmm. world and in this country and in this state uh, here in Utah. We just talked before we started recording about how crazy the last couple of years have been. And I appreciate anybody who was willing to stand up for truth uh, during this period when so many were, uh, you know, being gagged or gagging themselves, I guess you could say. So uh, it's well, and we did get banned a few times. Uh, still banned on YouTube and Spotify of all the places to be banned on, uh, often on the other media networks. And and we're back on most of them. And uh, you know, people can listen on radio or podcast sites everywhere, uh, which is great. And in fact, Jared, you know, the banning actually increased our listenership and our viewership. It was uh, kind of the opposite effect that they thought they would have on us. And more people than ever are looking and gravitating toward the messages we've been delivering for a long time. Yeah, what happened over the last few years has made alternative media a, really a necessity uh, more than it ever was before. And yeah, a lot of people looking to places like Rumble uh, mm -hmm. that didn't even exist, you know, three years ago uh, to get messages they can't get through mainstream media. And of course, podcasting is interesting because it seems by and large to be untouched to some degree, right? Like I talked about all the controversial stuff. My show's still in all the places, but as I was telling you, you have a, a bigger audience than me and more exposure. And I guess they uh, decided you'd said too much. Now I don't post any of my stuff on YouTube and YouTube yeah. is one of the first ones to yank people, but I was surprised when you told me Spotify took you down. Yeah, that was a shock to me, especially because they got, what, uh, Joe Rogan on there. Right. They paid him $100 million to do it, so that it's like <laughs> they're hard-pressed to go, can we ban the guy we just paid all that money to? Uh -huh. uh, and, of course, he's had McCullough on and Malone and others that you know speak controversially, but I think more honestly, truthfully, and scientifically accurately about a lot of the COVID narratives. Uh, but for some reason, they picked me off on Spotify, which is, which is fine. We're on all the other podcast sites, so it didn't hurt us too badly. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, otherwise you know, we, we continue to speak out and, and, and I think we must, I mean, part of my story is to tell the, my story as well as the stories of others that we, we highlight spotlight on the show. And I encourage all of you that are listening right now, if you have got a story to tell, now's not the time to be quiet. We've got to tell our stories. And, you know, in fact, there have been uh, uh, movies made. You, you, you reached out to me a couple of weeks or less ago about uh, our, our mutual friend, Jennifer Sharp, Jen Sharp, who did this mm -hmm. movie anecdotals. And it was funny as you reached out. I was like, yeah, I'm, she's on my show again tonight. The same, yeah. the same day you reached out. <laughs> uh, and, and that's her movie, Anecdotals, is all about telling the stories. 
uh, of those who have been injured by the COVID jabs. We have a a documentary film that is just in pre-release right now through our friends at the Health Independence Alliance called uh, Utah Safe and Effective, question mark, Mm -hmm. about this. And and, uh, many people in the state that have been injured and trying to make it apolitical as possible because it shouldn't be a political issue. Uh, But we must, again, tell our stories and the stories are the things that can uh, you know, spotlight things that are, are, you know, genuinely needed, right? And the people that are hurting right now that need help or uh, the communication uh, to warn people about the things that, well, I guess if people haven't gotten the jab by now, they're, they're probably as strong as ever uh, and don't regret it. I haven't met one person who didn't get a jab that, that regretted it, but I've met many people who have gotten jabs and boosters that have regretted it. Yeah, indeed. And it's interesting because I never thought I'd have two podcasts, but I have another podcast besides Vitality Radio called Dearly Discarded, where I tell those same stories. And that's actually how I met Jen Sharp and Bree Dressen and so many others that are uh, strong fighters to get those messages out. People who've been injured themselves that uh, refuse to remain quiet and crawl into their corner and, and, uh, you know, take it. And Mm -hmm. it's it is this alternative media that I hope people will turn to to at least get the other side of the story, whether they decide they want to accept it or not. Yeah. We got to have two sides to every story, and the censorship is uh, trying as much as possible to make it a single narrative that everybody's just supposed to go along with. Well, I think one of the things, if we haven't learned this in the last couple of years, we got to learn how to listen to each other again. Uh, even though there may be disagreements, and that's just part of life. The fact is, once you start understanding the story or hearing the story and listening and learning, why do why does somebody believe what they believe? And this is Jen Sharp's point, too, is like she's coming from a, a left leaning political side of her history and, and view in Hollywood and everything else that she's experienced. And, and yet uh, realizing that there are people from all background spectrums, political ideologies that have been injured and harmed uh, and they're not you know, evil because they're, they have a different belief. They're just human beings like all of us. And, and so the compassion will come from listening. And I urge this for those who are politically aligned more or less in the freedom realm where we might be considered more conservative or libertarian, uh, but that have the compassion for those that have grown up differently as I didn't always have the views I have today growing up. So there are opportunities for change and transformation when we talk to one another and actually listen to one another. Absolutely. And and it goes for both sides of the the political aisle, as they say, yeah. and even for the people more in the center. We have a tendency to, right now, get locked into our own little echo chambers and only hear what like-minded people are saying. And unfortunately, I, maybe it's human nature. I'm not exactly sure what's happening there, but most of us seem to be a lot less willing to listen to the other side of any story. And you certainly don't have to accept the other side of the argument, but if you don't understand it, it's real mm-hmm. hard to decide if you believe what you believe and for why. reasons that yeah. are really valid. Yeah. And, uh, and, and oftentimes our upbringing and our religion and our uh, social circles and so many of these other things influence it as opposed to just simply looking at the facts. So. Yeah, and I think we've been manipulated heavily by uh, uh, artificial intelligence algorithms because they know who you are, they know how I am, all of us, and they feed us that which will <clears throat> drive us into that corner in the yes. di- dialectic, right? And so we see reality in two radically different ways, and we're wondering how are we on the same planet? And until we begin human-to-human contact and talk to one another, we begin to say, oh, you perceive this this way, I perceive this this way, I wonder why you did that way, why did I d-? And it's like an, an amazing journey. And I had that again with Jen when we were meeting at the, uh, uh, the Health Freedom Congress up in Minnesota. That's where we first met when she premiered the film there. 
And it's been an extraordinary example, I think, for all of us to say, you know what, it's time to sit back and listen to one another and stop with all the noise telling us to hate one another and to be divided. Look, Jared, you and I have been at this for a long time. It's my, almost my 24th year broadcasting. You're over 15 years now. And, you know, the natural product sector industry, having a health food store, being a natural healer, is something that's been of great controversy because those who regulate at the governmental level look at us as, uh, well, maybe enemies in some way to certain, uh, let's say, interests. You know, these agencies right. have been captured at the federal, even in the state level. And so if we talk about ways to address diseases, cancer, heart disease, uh, neurological degradation, and now, of course, COVID, the moment we begin to mention natural options, food, minerals, supplements of all kinds, suddenly we are met with, uh, if not derision, which is easy, or ad hominem attacks, threats against our freedom as if we are violating some fundamental law by speaking our beliefs, our perspectives, and even if we reference science to support our perspectives, much like now the doctors, like the McCulloughs of the world, have realized that being a doctor is not a defense against being attacked that way as you begin to embrace integrative and natural methods for recovery or immune support, even detoxification. So it's not like, let's say the First Amendment hasn't been part of our discussion and dialogue for many years. We realize that censorship has been rearing its ugly head, although at a quieter level before COVID. But now in the era of COVID and post-COVID, it's like, man, we've got to shut down all speech that doesn't agree with, again, some globalist pharmaceutical narrative. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it you said it perfectly. It was already happening, the censorship and the algorithms, you know, pushing us into our corners and all that. But it was very subtle prior to COVID. And then it became very overt. Yeah. And I, to me, really, when you're looking at life and how how things uh, play out, I guess, in life, one of the things that we always talk about is the silver lining. And the silver lining to the COVID pandemic, if you want to call it that, is that many, 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 many people were forced to open their eyes to new possibilities, to new ideas when it comes yeah. to medicine and and the pharmaceutical industry and government uh, and the government's role in healthcare, and in that I think there's a great blessing uh, that we've all been given that there are millions of people that, frankly, just weren't paying attention to it before that had no choice once COVID hit and now are seeing things in a very, very different light than what they used to. Yeah, I, I'm seeing more cooperation in the last two and a half, three years than I have in the entire career as a homeopath, almost 30 years now with, you know, working with the medical uh, doctors, uh, DOs, uh, DCs, NDs, um, name the holistic profession that has come herbalist, homeopaths, et cetera, coming together and saying, hey, what can we learn from one another? What's working? What's not? And let's share rather than uh, from the spirit of of ego and, uh, you know, dominance of one method or thought over another of like egalitarian views that we're all in this for the right reasons and trying to help. If you are, then you'll come together and we'll listen again, theme, listen to one another. And it's been a great uh, side benefit, if you will, of a disastrous time where a lot of people have, uh, I believe, needlessly lost their lives uh, due to COVID protocols and hospital protocols. Uh, uh, and now this, uh, you know, this so-called mRNA jab as well. Um, but again, it's not just me and you who are holistically inclined, but the physician community now and nursing community as well, waking up to the horror and the deception that we may have been pointing out long before COVID. And now they're going, oh my gosh, I was lied to a lot of years, even prior to COVID. So th this 
is a necessary disillusionment that we're, we're going through as a species, much less some of us who have seen it much earlier in my journey into health and healing was because I was lied to about medicine and my body and my health for the first 19 years of my life before I finally figured out they didn't know what they were doing. The doctors, when it came to chronic degradation diseases, I suffered from almost the moment I was born. Uh, and then learning of homeopathy five years later at the age of 24 and organic food and uh, changing my life for the better at that point. And now again, 30 plus years later, um, not looking back and regret, but saying, God, thank you, God, for opening my eyes, allowing me to see what I couldn't see before. And it took suffering for me to wake up to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, when it comes to our health journey, I, I know you know this as well as I do. Most people that find natural health options, such as homeopathy and naturopathy and all these other things, they find it out of desperation after they've tried the traditional, you know, yeah. kind of medical route. Uh, you know, they've been to their fourth specialist and it's finally time to figure out how to fix whatever's broken on their own because they're not finding it with pharmaceuticals and yeah. medical procedures and things like that. And so this community continues to grow as I think in large part medicine, modern medicine here in the West is letting people down. They have to find other alternatives and other options. Heck, I would have never thought that a guy like Dr. Peter McCullough would ever be on Vitality Radio. Yeah, exactly. You know, why, when was I ever going to talk to that guy before <laughs> COVID-19 hit, right? He and I would have come from two completely different ends of the spectrum. But to his credit, he saw the issues in his world, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Western medicine pharmaceutical world, and said, I got to stand up and talk about this. And he was yeah. willing to talk about it on every show that would have him on. And I was fortunate enough to have him on twice. And it was fantastic. I think his message is one that absolutely needs to be heard. Well, we're looking for those with uh, what I'd call healing integrity. And that means not necessarily agreeing on every method uh, or doing the same thing, but an acknowledgement that, that there's uh, always another way. And there are ways that we haven't learned. Uh, and, you know, to McCullough's credit, when I spoke uh, on stage with him uh, at an event, I don't know how long, many months ago, maybe a year ago now, uh, he was so enthralled with, we talked about copper, I did. And, and you know, I, I know you love that subject too. And he was like, I'd never learned any of that in medical school, much less in my career as a, <laughs> as a, as a doctor. And, and so rather than, you know, looking down because it's nutrition and not a drug, he was suddenly, please talk more about that. I want to hear at another event, he said, talk about that again in a little bit more because he wants to learn. And that's a, a good sign that somebody is genuinely interested in healing as opposed to, you know, dominating with, uh, you know, ego or even a degree that I often have to call a degree when it comes to medicine because they don't learn nutrition, as you know, and I know yet now maybe they're open and some are and more are opening all of the time. So the things you've been doing within your family and, you know, with Vitality Radio and your store, uh, people are moving that direction. These medical people, not the other, you're not moving more medical. They're moving your way. And, and you know, because you've always been right. And yet you're always willing to learn, too, as I as am I, which is exciting and fun. It keeps us young, even if we're losing our hair. Wait, your hair's already gone, but your beard <laughs> is way better than mine. But let's not forget what you said that's most important there. I've always been right. Yeah. So <laughs> let's get that out there. That's never not been the case. So if you're listening to me, it's coming out of my mouth. Obviously, it's true, right? No, but in, in, in reality, it's funny. We share a very similar story because I spoke at Your Health Freedom 
the last couple of years. And two years ago, well, a year and a half ago-ish now, I was able to speak on the same stage as Dr. McCullough as well, which is how I met him and got him on my show. Mm -hmm. And I spoke about magnesium. I chose not to speak about COVID at all. Everybody yeah. else spoke about COVID. Right. And I wanted to talk about something besides COVID. I thought, well, mm -hmm. I got there's four doctors up there that can speak more intelligently about COVID than I can. But I'll talk about magnesium. And he's the same thing. He uh, met me out mm -hmm. in the hall and he said, hey, that was really great. Yeah. Excellent information. You taught me some things. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a cardiovascular Top genius, of the line on the planet, right? right? I mean, yeah. he's, he's published yeah. 700 plus papers, one of the best researchers in the, in the world and certainly in yeah. this country. And I was able to teach him a couple things about magnesium exactly because of how little you know, is happening in medical schools when it comes to these things. So listen, I'm not sucking up to those to say, Jared, if you were teaching nutrition in medical school, doctors would come out way, way smarter, <laughs> way healthier, <laughs> you know, and I know that's, you know, you, you can take it with the humor and also in, in, intent that I send it to. But the idea is, as McCullough recognizes the limitation of the medical allopathic training. And, uh, you know, we've never been invited to the table. Right. Not because of McCullough, but in a general sense, when the government convenes panels and they look to adv advisors, COVID advisors, it's always to the allopathic pharmaceutically trained Flexner Report medical doctors and the homeopaths, the naturopaths, the herbalists don't have a seat at the table. And and it's not that I want to sit with some of the scumbags like, uh, I'm sorry, um, Fauci. Did I say that? Yeah, I did. But those are the people at that level where I'd like have to wash with Brillo after I'm in the room with them. I feel so e yeah. Uh, at the same time, again, there are people in the medical community that have good hearts and good intentions, and they're opening now to this. And that's why I say the spirit of cooperation is where I want to go. I'm not I'm not into condemnation. What you didn't know, you didn't know. Now you acknowledge it. Now do better. And we can come together like the Health Independence Alliance is in Utah uh, to meet regularly with all professional backgrounds and lay people as well that are interested in natural health and healing to cooperate to learn from one another and to set up parallel type systems, not looking to reform a system that is intentionally so corrupt that it diminishes our ability to heal, much less our freedom to know about what will bring healing to our bodies. Yeah, it, it, you're right. The cooperation is really the key because I think all of us have felt all along, or most of us anyway, in the natural world, the natural practitioner world, that if we could just get the modern medicine practices and the natural medicine practices to come together to some sort of common ground, we could really benefit from each other mm -hmm. as there are things that they have to offer that we can't do, uh, particularly with things like emergent care and that kind of thing, and things that we can offer that they can't do, and certainly a lot of things that we can offer that would prevent the need for further mm -hmm. medicine like pharmaceuticals and procedures and things like that. Well, if I'd say 95% of what medicine does is outside of their scope, I'd be not even a little bit exact, not exaggerating at all. In fact, it might be more than that. Where they have expertise, as you know, is in trauma intervention, uh, surgical uh, procedures, um, life-saving interventions like battlefield medicine, which is how allopathic medicine was designed uh, to put people, the soldiers back out on the battlefield to go fight again. Yeah. Uh, it is not conducive for longevity, as you know. But it is amazing to put people like Humpty Dumpty back together again. Now, even in conjunction with that, we could utilize things like Arnica, 
and uh, Symphytum, which is, uh, you know, a, a plant, if you will, that I grow in the backyard, which is amazing. Bone set, it's all, or nip bone, depending on who you are, but it's comfrey, mm-hmm. for instance. These are things that could be done in conjunction when we talk about wounds and breaks and, and infectious care. My gosh, my children have never been vaccinated. They've never once had an antibiotic because I've been able to use the bioactive silver hydrosol and homeopathy since they were little. And now my son has just turned 23 and my, my daughter's 17. And it's not like they've never had infections. So even where we talk about the acute care and intervention to, to save lives of modern medicine, if we were utilizing the minerals and the botanicals and the metals, even silver, appropriately, we would minimize even the need for things like last resort chemo antibiotics, which, again, in my children have never had the need to resort to them. So right. there's a lot that, as we say, and I try to give cre- credit where credit is due to modern medicine even there, we could be doing a lot more than we think or that they think we could do. Yeah. And my kids can tell the same story in terms of their upbringing. And, and people are shocked when they hear that, you know, there's a way to live without antibiotics for yeah. without really that much trouble. It's just education and understanding what to do and how to do it, which is why I know you do your show. I do my show is to give that message to people and give people an alternative way to look at these things. So we could talk, we could fill 20 episodes just going back and forth. Uh, We have so much shared history and Mm -hmm. uh, so much shared passion, but I do want to get into a couple of things with you that are areas that I haven't focused on much on Vitality Radio over the years that I know are areas of focus that you like to talk about. I heard you talking about uh, selenium Mm -hmm. uh, maybe two years ago. It was during COVID, and I tuned into your show, and you were just you didn't have a guest. It was just you talking about selenium, and you hit me with a few things that I maybe I'd heard before, but I'd forgotten, or maybe it was just all new information, but it was really intriguing to me to the point where I sat and spent quite a bit of time educating myself on selenium after that mm-hmm. episode, digging around through studies and things like that. I talk, anybody listening to Vitality Radio knows I talk about magnesium so often, uh, almost sound like a broken record sometimes, I'm sure, as kind of the mineral that I think is maybe the most common deficiency right. in America. And I don't know if you would agree with that or not. I'd actually be curious to know. But I want well, to talk I about absolutely. a couple that you yeah, talk I, about. Go yeah, ahead. No, Sorry. I agree. Magnesium is, is one of the simpler things to, to correct that deficiency and, yeah. and the in, incredible and tremendous immediate impact. And I think in, in that regard, when we're speaking to new folks, trying to find out what will have the greatest impact immediately will gain what their comfort level, their trust level, that they're on the right track. And that's been my journey. Like, what did I do that gave me impact and insight very quickly go, I'm finally on the right track. And a lot of people are looking for that because it's overwhelming, confusing. There's so many minerals, of course, you know, where do you start? I could explain where to start on any number of them for real good reason. And they're probably all at least equivalent. Some are more equivalent than others. That sounds like animal farm. I don't mean it that way. That's a joke. (laughs) Uh, but that we need all of the minerals, but certain deficiencies when met with the appropriate supplementation have the greatest immediate impact. Right. And sometimes replacing or replenishing one could impact the ability to use all others. So this is kind of the exciting part of when we talk minerals. Yeah. Cause they all play off of each other. Right. Which makes it even more confusing because you're not looking at just a specific mineral that if you just mm-hmm. do this, everything's going to be great. You also have to consider how that mineral might be impacting other minerals and other processes in the body. So yeah. because again, we've talked about magnesium ad infinitum on this show, let's talk a little bit about selenium and copper. Those are the two that mm-hmm. I've heard you talk about in detail that I think are 
frankly, areas that my listeners need to understand better, uh, which is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on my show. So start where you'd like to start with one of those minerals. Well, I always want, want to ask you, I mean, I'm so used to asking the questions here. Hey, I'm asking, wait, I'm on your show. Wait, but I'm so, like you said, I appreciate you so much. That's why I love asking questions. That's why you love asking questions. We love to learn, right? Right. So what do you remember uh, about the selenium discussion that I did a couple of years back that triggered, oh, I didn't know about that about selenium. Maybe I can hit some of those because that'd be common for a lot of us. Well, it's interesting with selenium in my head, just the basics of selenium at that time were, you know, powerful antioxidant action, uh, really critical for cardiovascular wellness, really important for the thyroid and prevention of things like Hashimoto's, uh, prevention of things like Graves disease. Those were the things that I had, I guess, sort of hung on the selenium does this post, right? Mm -hmm. You talked a lot because, again, it was during COVID and it was early in the COVID thing. I I don't think that... It was early enough, as I recall, that none of us quite knew what the heck to recommend. We just knew that what was being recommended of six feet social distance and wearing a mask and hiding in our basements didn't make sense, right? Right. And you were talking about selenium and the critical element Mm -hmm. or the critical roles that it plays in immune health and immune function. And that's what really caught my eye because or caught my ear Mm -hmm. because I had never really put selenium that right. much in the camp of immunity. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, growing up and learning about supplements in my 20s, right? 24, I learned mm-hmm. of homeopathy and began to supplement my diet as well. Um, C-, C was always the thing. Everybody right. knew about C and Linus Pauling, ascorbic acid. And I'm like, wait a second, is that really a food or is it a derivative? I, you know, all of those controversies. But when I began to study selenium more in depth, I realized that selenium at micrograms can do what C does, maybe at even gram levels. Uh, sometimes, of course, a lot of the C is uh, genetically modified sugar derived. It's not right. a you know true whole f- whole food. And I realize that the argument chemi- chemistry is like, oh, it's the same thing. But there's so many cofactors associated with w- when you find the C in nature. What else is there? Uh, so at micrograms, selenium could in- enhance immunity, immune function. And I'm talking about at the cellular metabolic function that individual cell. Now part of the criticality for cellular functions incru- includes the uh, utilization of uh, glutathione, but the key for the active state of glutathione is selenium, glutathione peroxidase, in order for the peroxidase form to, f- to be there. So as everybody focuses on NAC, a precursor, and they don't look at, hey, are we dealing with massive selenium deficiencies? Could it be that the soils have been robbed of selenium like many minerals and the foods that people are choosing refined, the selenium's gone, on and on it goes, uh, and, and not many people are eating many mineral-rich foods, much less if we get the copper, talking about the sources of copper that people are not consuming. So uh, another aspect of selenium that, particularly with the COVID thing, that, that immediately I began to find studies about where is COVID more prevalent, and it was in the areas that had absence of selenium in the soils and the food in those areas, and where selenium was rich, even in China, uh, in the soils and the food access to selenium, there was little to no COVID manifesting. Now, that already validated something I had covered for many years about viral issues for those controversial issues of viral, uh, whether it be claimed to be exosomes from within or caught from external, that viral activity is, you know, cellular dysregulation, arguably now could be communication and detoxification as well of the, of the cell when there's a Im- imbalance in dysfunction. But in the, in the absence of selenium, you have unlimited cell, cell, uh, let's say viral replication occurrences happening in the presence of selenium. And, and my buddy, Dr. Batar used to say this, uh, you know, we talk about this. He calls selenium birth control for viruses. 
It just stops <laughs> them from being able to replicate. It just, and, and so when I went back and get back in the nineties, before I even started my show in 1999, I was reading peer reviewed medical literature. Once I realized how much I was lied to, I'm like, I want to get to the bottom of this stuff. And I found out that Ebola was something that was in the nineties. They started talking about the scary Ebola bleeding from the eyes. People are going to die. It's the worst ever as you can ever, you know, hear or see. Right. And yet, in the peer-reviewed publications, I also saw that where they introduced or reintroduced selenium into the soil, into the people, it was immediately reversing the Ebola manifestation, and it would just shut it down, stop it, just selenium alone. So this was already in the peer-reviewed medical literature, and yet all of the focus is on a vaccine. How do we develop a vaccine or new antiviral drugs for it? So I already knew selenium's role as opposed as it as it relates to things that are pro proclaimed to be new viral diseases or existing old viral diseases that selenium was key for immune response and to protect cellular metabolic integrity at that deepest, deepest of levels. In addition to selenium being the number one anti-cancer mineral on the planet, bar none, yeah. and, and more studied than anything. And yet my, my buddy, Jonathan Emort, who's went, beaten the FDA back eight times now in court and won, mostly on the selenium issue, uh, despite the fact that they've won against the uh, FDA, the FDA still will not allow you to put, like in your store, Jared, you can put, you know, in the selenium section, hey, this is shown to be, you know, a very powerful anti-cancer mineral. They would come and shut you down. You know how it right. is with the regulatory authorities, despite the fact there being an abundance, an overwhelming amount of science to support selenium in that way. So freedom of speech, again, I come back to that. Uh, we don't have it when it comes to natural medicine healing, even if it's backed by sound science. So uh, this selenium became the rallying cry for part of my protocols as far as starting points, no matter who was, you know, I was looking at, it's like, how do you know you're, you're deficient in selenium? I say, are you breathing? It's kind of like when I'd ask the question, <laughs> how do you know you have liver congestion? Are you breathing right now? This is something that in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, they understand that in modern medicine, every, every drug they have is toxic and poisonous to the liver, which is how I grew up. So I had to re rethink all of that. And that's why I came down to the, from homeopathy also to these key minerals uh, and selenium being that amazing one. Now, working with the vascular system, beginning to understand selenium protecting cellular integrity, it makes sense that the vascular system would also be impacted in the absence of selenium, much less its presence, how you would manifest things. And then when I realized how much zinc and vitamin C was being uh, uh, prescribed even by doctors during COVID, which was certainly a, an improvement from what they had been doing, I realized that they were not using whole food forms of C, which do contain as well copper mm -hmm. but both zinc and and, and and c would deplete copper stores from the body that were already very low because of all the minerals on the planet that have been reduced in in access because of soil depletion uh copper is number one on the list over 70 plus years of analyzing the soils it's almost 80 percent depleted and yet how many people are eating liver every week, much less a couple of times, two, three times a week or every day? Very few of us eat like our ancestors did. Right. So we have very copper depleted diets on top of, you know, all the things that we're doing to deplete copper further. And so copper and selenium, interestingly enough, work synergistically together to protect vascular integrity all the way down to the microcapillary beds, all the way up to the cardiac proteins themselves. And we're seeing massive cardiac events uh, from all of those areas, from the heart all the way down to the vasculature in its you know most minute places. And selenium and copper being critical, and both are deficient in most people. And I think it's maybe more severe right now is what we've seen with copper, but it's still significant in terms of selenium as it manifested during COVID, how obvious it was. I said, you know, as the initial wave of COVID was supposedly hit just old people, infirm, 
multiple comorbidities on mm-hmm. many drugs already. And they were, you know, re- you know, corralled into these little death centers called hospitals and, and nursing homes. Uh, those people were, of course, vulnerable for a lot of reasons, but it really wasn't impacting a whole lot of other people along the scale, the age scale. And I thought, well, the risk I see moving forward is selenium deficiency could make itself more obvious, but it really was made more obvious when they started injecting the mRNA and having a direct assault on epithelial tissue and, and endothelial tissue, particularly inside the vasculature with spike proteins and and other things that we're learning about what's in the, in the jab. So I realized how critical selenium and copper would be uh, for restoring and protecting, as well as the production of nitric oxide. We've talked a little bit about that. Or I'd love to get you connected if you haven't met John Hewlett from Cardio Miracle to talk about how that has played a huge role in helping people with the vascular issues. And I, I know you're very familiar with the nitric oxide issue. It's a very, very oh man, we, we, I can't speak enough of how excited I am as I've learned more about that as well. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic, and I would love to talk to him for sure. So I uh, I know who he is, but I've never made the acquaintance. So I'd love to love to meet him. So one of the big questions that I always try and answer for everybody listening to this show, because all of this information is exciting, it's interesting, but then the question is, okay, now what the heck do I do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend? What have you had the most success with, or read the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, positive outcomes in terms of studies, in terms of how much selenium would be recommended per day and what type of selenium? Okay. Well, I, you know, my bias is to food. Just let everybody know that right away. Right. I understand that there are uh, high, let's say potency type formulas of various minerals and things that you can go higher and higher, but it, it's funny. And it's not funny at the same time that the, the two things we've just talked about, selenium and copper are often the things the medical community says, Oh, be careful. Be careful of selenium. It can take too much. Mm-hmm. It can be toxic. Or copper. Be careful of copper. It can be. You can take too much. You get copper toxic. The very two things that we are most deficient in are the two things. I think, interestingly enough, are the things we're warned against in terms of natural sub- supplements to take or not take. Uh, so I defer and have deferred to whole food forms, hundred percent whole food forms of these things. Um, and I'm not brand loyal, Jared, I'm, I'm product loyal. There could be brands that have a lot of good things and I'm happy about that. Just so you know, I don't sell anything personally. And that's allowed me to be more free in my discussions on my show because I don't Mm -hmm. actually have products that I sell. Like you have a store and I know you have to be a little bit more careful about what you say when a branded discussion comes up, but I've used the, uh, specific, the selenium I've been using the mega food slash innate response Innate response Mm -hmm. is the professional side of mega food because I've had the most success from a hundred percent whole food ability to take quantities that may frighten some people like for years and years, it's been focused more on cancer prevention or reversal. So in cases of cancer, uh, I'd be doing 1000 to 1200 micrograms of the whole food selenium and people go, Oh, that will get you toxic. I've never once ran in, run into any toxicity. In the meantime, the selenium would protect patients that were going through chemo and radiation. It would protect their healthy cells. It wouldn't stop the chemo and radiation from doing its thing to the cancer cells that were more vulnerable. That's the irony and the sad irony of medicine that the oncologist will not read the peer-reviewed medical literature about selenium. Selenium doesn't protect cancer cells. It only protects your healthy cells. And so that's what you want because chemo is going to kill all cells, including your healthy cells, if they do not have an abundance of selenium and other antioxidants, of course, but that Mm -hmm. mineral uh, in particular. So in terms of quantitatively, what have I done? What do I do? I try to take 150 micrograms of that whole food form of selenium three times a day. My target is 450 a day. That's just me. Now, if I am feeling run down or people I'm exposed to are really bringing it, I 
have no problem doubling that to 900 micrograms. But again, I've never achieved toxicity, never had a patient achieve toxicity in all these, you know, decades of utilizing this form specifically because there's sodium uh, selenite, uh, selenomethionine, and all of these things you can find in, 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 in nature to some degree, but a lot of times it's man going, well, let's just get that one form in as opposed to how it would form in food, right. in various mm-hmm. forms and be there. And that's why I tend to, I, I think the wisdom of feeding ourselves this stuff as opposed to isolating it is, and, and it's not, there's never a place for those isolates. I understand that there can be benefit, uh, but that's why I defer to that particular form of selenium because I don't risk toxicity even at the doses, which are still low, but high for a lot of people when they hear it. Gotcha. Okay. And what about people, you did mention, uh, you know, beef liver earlier. What about people that want to get their minerals from, uh, from animal organs, beef liver, that kind of thing? Have you seen uh, people having success getting their mineral levels up uh, in that manner? And do you have any kind of recommendations for people that are interested in that? Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, again, it's not something I've eaten much of my life, liver and onions. You think about that. My dad <laughs> ate it, my grandpa ate it, you know, and it was Mine like- too gross for us, but uh-huh. I was raised on fast food. So what do I know? Right? right. I had to break that cycle to go back to food. So I tend to take those grass fed, uh, quality supplements that are like beef liver organ, uh, you know, uh, derived, uh, supplements from clean animals, of course. Right. And yeah, you indeed, there is measurable quantities of, of selenium and copper in particular. That's one of the greatest sources of copper. I like bee pollen as well. Um, that I will take every day in addition to other forms, uh, to, to supplement, that which we don't have coming in through food. Now, if people do eat liver every day, that's going to be a benefit. But as I pointed out, this is not my research. This is research that has been published. The mineral content of the soil is so depleted of copper that even those copper-rich sources are not as copper-rich. Like people, when I talk about selenium, they'll often say, well, I eat you know a few Brazil nuts a day. It's like, do you understand that when they measured the Brazil nuts originally for uh, selenium content and they were at a certain level and they test them today, unless you're growing your own uh, Brazil nuts in your backyard and, you know, not pushing the yields, all the things that they've done. You don't have, I think, therapeutic levels that I'm talking about coming in, even through those uh, selenium rich foods, for instance, in that regard. So I think supplementation has become absolutely necessary of these key minerals. Uh, and I know there are some purists that say only food, only food, but that's why I try to defer to food, you know, formed, if you will, grown right. supplements where, uh, wherever possible, because that's how we're designed to get it in. And when we do, we do see differences. And if we don't, then we're missing something still. And that's part of the detective process. If it's not a blood test, and even those can be uh, misleading. And we can get into that related to copper tests, because that's a big one. Well, I was actually going to ask you that question. So since you brought it up, why aren't doctors uh, raising red flags when they look at people's blood tests on things like magnesium, selenium, copper? Is it is the normal range not accurate? Is the are these minerals found in the tissues instead of the blood? What's the story there? It's a little bit of all of what you just said, and and, and more so with copper. It's fascinating because very often they. Uh, well, you know, that's the story, copper, be careful with copper. That's the first thing that they always say. I'm like, why? Well, we, we see things like people have heart attacks and then we test their blood and they're, they're high in copper. Like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, children on the autism spectrum who are clearly often metal, heavy metal toxic. Mm-hmm. They'll often test high for copper, but I disagree with the conclusion that they have too much copper. And I'll explain that in, in, in just a moment. So we can understand what the doctors are not seeing in many of us in the holistic inclined, you know, thought forms are not seeing clearly in terms of the metabolic response of the body. For instance, 
uh, a cardiovascular event, and there are unfortunately plenty of them, even in young people now under COVID or specifically COVID jabs, uh, you have a cardiac event, you test the blood, it's going to test sky high in copper. Okay. Now is copper the cause of the cardiac event? That's the assumption being made by most in, in medicine, or is it the response of the body to a disastrous, perhaps death inducing event that requires inflammation and inflammation is part of the response to save your life. And of course, when there's massive inflammation, what is nature's most powerful systemic inflammation reducer? It's the mineral copper. Copper is systemic in its impact and the myriad of Cooper enzyme pathways and how it interacts. So the body knows to save its life, dump copper, get copper from anywhere. And it's just like flooding. And in a cardiovascular event, it's usually in the vascular system. So you'll detect high copper levels not realizing that it's the appropriate life-saving metabolic response to say, we need more copper. The body's dumping copper. We need more copper. And similarly, I just, on an aside, the autism spectrum, these kids are almost all in inflammation, chronic inflammation, which again, their bodies are always just trying to get whatever copper stores and dump them out through the system. And so they test high in copper and they say, stay away from copper, yet copper is so critical because they're always in inflammation. Now we need to correct the reason why they're in inflammation as well, but that, Partly is the cytokine storming is due to a lack of copper to control and, and neutralize and reduce it safely, not with a steroid hormone like methylprednisone, which is life-saving in a crisis, but uh, can be damaging and destructive of the immune system and the liver simultaneously, where we have side benefits with copper to phase one detox pathways, right? Side benefits instead of side effects. Isn't that better? Right. So I throw that out and I know you get that immediately, but so many people don't even that are naturally inclined to go, oh, that's why they're testing high in copper. It's not because they're high in copper. It's the immune and body's response to save, you know, and reduce inflammation. So it goes but back it, to that correlation versus causation thing, right? They well, can see the high copper, but why do they see the high copper? Which, like you said, makes perfect sense. So then perhaps if there was more copper on board, mm -hmm. the result would even be better or the outcome of someone oh, yeah. who's dealing with uh, a cardiovascular event. Yeah, we talk copper and selenium. And then your favorite, my favorite as well, magnesium. We love that. Copper and magnesium work together critically for the uh, mitochondrial production of adenosine triphosphate, ATP. In the absence of adequate copper, I mean, the body tries to find alternate means of production of energy, but one of the most easy faci to facilitate mitochondrial ATP, magnesium and copper. Now, most people are deficient in both. They hear from you. They're like, oh, I'm back on magnesium, but I hadn't heard so much about copper yet. Get the copper back in and my gosh, the energy, you talk about long COVID or before long COVID, there was chronic fatigue. All of these things, mineral deficiencies. And in the case of chronic fatigue, often associated with Lyme and other things, could uh, or Epstein-Barr. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, didn't we remember selenium is uh, birth control for viruses? Oh, long-term selenium deficiency results in all kinds of viral activity. And I'm not saying that viruses are the cause of the problem, as you say, correlation, causation, are they cellular dysregulation or the communication or the detox? I think one day we'll look back, Jared, and go, dude, we got it so wrong on viruses. So <laughs> wrong. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> embarrassing, right? So I'm already acknowledging that, knowing that we have a lot to learn. But if you're concerned about those things, here are the things you can do, including silver, the active state of silver. You remove an electron, you have uh, the, uh, the ion is ion, basically. It's a positive charge, positive effect. It it also can denature the protein capsid structure of a virus. It can penetrate the viral coat and bind to the DNA or RNA it's supposedly taken from you. So we have so many tools to address this. And, and, and interestingly enough on copper, in addition to having some similar properties to silver antimicrobial, it's very antifungal, as you know, but copper is nature's most powerful antiparasitic 
And isn't it interesting that the two most successful drugs, generic and old, if they were, or generic and, and safer than most drugs, uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, are both considered antiparasitic drugs. I wonder if we could have pumped more copper in the system and not even needed those. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it's a valid question for sure. So then let's talk about copper as far as dosage, because you just recommended uh, or you personally take much higher than what the you know RDA is uh, for selenium. Uh, yeah. What's the story with copper? Because generally speaking, most of your supplements out there are one or two milligrams of mm -hmm. copper. And uh, they're, you're con consistently warned, don't go over that dose. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the, 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 the hard part of copper is, is finding, again, in a food form, most of the copper uh, in supplemental form is sold as like an amino acid chelate, right? Mm -hmm. And copper sulfate, different things, bound copper. So you have minimal uh, utilization of, of what we call a bioavailable and bioactive form of copper which coming through food is, but even in those cases, this is fascinating too. When I learned about absorption of copper, going back in history when we actually had good digestion as a species and we had access to copper because we ate foods rich in copper, right? maybe 30 to 40% of that copper ingested would actually be absorbed. So we already have, uh, let's say, a difficult time of getting copper from good food that is copper rich. Mm -hmm. and, and, and on top of the depletion and deficiencies we talked about as well. So another aspect, and as a homeopath, uh, you know, I work in substances that are not even there sometimes. And people go, oh, it doesn't make sense. It's like it's all about materialistic reductionist views of stuff, right? But there's an energetic component to this. There's a, uh, the electrical component to these minerals as well, that ultimately the process of digestion is about breaking down complex forms of various things to release the key minerals in their active state so that they can be used by the body for the various enzymatic pathways, et cetera, and copper has a lot of them. So utilizing less to get more is a good idea. That's a law of economy, efficiency. It's a homeopathic principle as well. So in addition to the food forms, which can give you larger quantities of more bioavailability, what if we were able to introduce copper in the bioactive form, copper one, copper two, in those forms immediately in water? And and this is, uh, I don't know if I, did I show you this before, the copper hydrosol, sovereign um, copper? I don't remember seeing the copper one, no. This is a major breakthrough, and it's been years in the making, and I've been trying to get, get them to get this out, but they don't bring it out until it's ready. They don't go halfway. This is a sovereign copper, bioactive copper hydrosol. It's copper one, copper two, <clears throat> 10 parts per million. So a tablespoon is 150 micrograms. That's one-sixth of the RDI for adults. Nobody can argue that taking a tablespoon of this is going to be toxic. I'm trying to give people leeway when they think they're afraid of something. Let's go to uh, three tablespoons of the silver or the copper hydrosol in this case. That's 450 micrograms of copper. That's one half of the adult RDI. No one's going to argue that's toxic. In fact, if you're four years old, you need about 450 micrograms a day. That's the RDI, which is okay. all set low. But because now we're bringing in copper in 100% bioactive form, Nothing's wasted. Nothing's even need to be broken down to digest. Mucosally, digest, it's all in. We can achieve with a little bit of copper extraordinary benefits far beyond the quantity that we would normally expect we would need to take. Hmm. But if you took six tablespoons, you've just reached the adult RDI of 900 micrograms for the adult. Uh, you need more, a thousand or so if you're uh, breast, well, if you're, if you're pregnant, more if you're breastfeeding. But even then, it's set low. So what I've done is as an adjunct to, you know, taking the copper supplements in like liver, right, mm -hmm. is to do a tablespoon one, two or three times a day. And of course, because it's also in that bioactive state, the electrical state, it has potent activity as an antifungal, 
as uh, an antiparasitic, if that's what you're looking for. But immediate benefit when we talk about energy levels, particularly like magnesium, you bring this copper in with a magnesium and suddenly within a day or two or three, they're like, oh, the energy's back. Where did it come from? And like suddenly, you know, the ATP is coming back. It's one of the most rapid things outside of those that are dealing with heavy microbial burdens could have a Herxheimer effect. In, in terms of a, a heavy burden, their immune system is supported. They're neutralizing the bad guys. And now the debris, they've got to detoxify the bad guy debris. And so that's the healing crisis or aggravation we talk about in homeopathy. That could happen. Not common, but for those that are already carrying that burden, the copper could help reduce that burden like silver can. And that's not a bad thing. But you want to help them with their liver detox pathways. And that's selenium again. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, it's all tied together. So the the copper hydrosol is interesting because yeah, I didn't I didn't know about that one yet, but I uh, need to learn more about that. So we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that after the show. Mm-hmm. So then, I do want to clarify this though. You said that a serving of that is 150 microgram, or sorry, is yes. that right? 150 well, yeah, micrograms. Is 150 micrograms. That's yeah, right. and that's a really really small dose of copper. A typical yes. copper chelate capsule is usually about two milligrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know. 10, more than 10 times, 15 times that dose, roughly. Mm-hmm. But you're also saying that because mm-hmm. of the fact that it is body ready, cell ready, you really don't need to get up into that two milligram range to get a Correct. benefit. Yeah, you can you can take fractions of even the RDI and get a benefit of copper it would take a lot more. And I think it would take a lot more of copper in the, in the other forms because of the bound and un let's say unavailable by not by you really have to break it down. And it's most of the supplements in copper outside of the liver kind of supplements are not food anymore. You know, they're just isolates and, and, and chelates. And, and so what is the percentage of that? If we're talking about food coming in back in the day and we're only absorbing 30 to 40% at best, how many people do you know in America, much less Utah that have like rock solid digestion anymore? You know, so break that down into the wrong form of copper that could have some benefit and say, if it was ideal, this is the benefit it would have. Now we got the wrong form to it. How much of that are we actually utilizing? How much might bioaccumulate and not be in an active form? I, you know, these are questions I have that are, uh, you know, uh, one day we'll answer them more fully, but suffice it to say as a homeopath, I'm like, can we get the most benefit from the least amount? That's more efficient. And then we never risk toxicity. As I said, the, the overblown, Fear of toxicity with selenium and copper. I'm not saying you can never get there, but it's way more outrageously claimed than it actually is in in practice. Even some of the wrong forms I think we could do more of, but why do that if we have bioactive forms that we could take less and get more benefit? I'm just about the efficiency. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Well, I've already taken you a little bit longer than I uh, expected to, because again, we could talk forever about this. Is there anything else that you feel that uh, someone who's new to this topic, selenium and copper in particular, mineral deficiency needs to know before we wrap this thing up? Wow, man. Just uh, keep tuning in to Jared. And uh, uh, I'm going to be on your show. You're gonna, this is your show. That's right. I can forget when we talk like this. Uh, but you're coming on my show soon, too, I hope. I think. Yeah, I'll be on next Tuesday, I think, which I don't remember what the date is. But uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll release. Well, that's the funny thing. You're live, your show. You may actually yeah. be on my show before I'm on your show. But I'll, That's funny. So we'll have to talk about upcoming. I'll be on Jared's show yeah. tomorrow, even though we were on last week. We'll so, figure it out. We'll post yeah. the dates in the uh, in the show description. So even if I was already on uh, mm-hmm. when this posts, you'll know how to find it if you want to hear me on uh, Robert's show, show as well. I'll tell you what, this mm-hmm. is has been such a fun conversation because 
it you, like me, you clearly have so much of this stuff inside your brain <laughs> that you just want to share yeah. because it's exciting and it it's fun. Yeah, and it I, I, you know, growing up like I did and, and you you started a little later than me, right? You, cause you had to get sick I first to kind of figure it grown. out. I, I wasn't in a natural product family at all. So yeah, for, for I mean, me, when you grow up a, in a health food store and you've got parents yeah. that are, you know, feeding you weird things from the day you're born to some degree, you take it for granted that, you know, kind of everybody knows some of this stuff, but there are so many people, especially right now that are mm -hmm. just dipping their toes into this natural stuff and it's so yeah. fun and so exciting to be even if we're just one small resource that they can use to uh, gain this education it's it's the most fun that i have every week is putting together this show so i appreciate you joining me on vitality radio i highly encourage you listening if you enjoyed listening to this episode uh boy i'll tell you rsb here does a show every single day well five days a week anyway six days technically but yeah who's counting? oh that's right because you've got the other show right, right? Does... we got the sunday radio broadcast and and that one i, I do pre-record for but uh, the, everything else, the five days a week is live and we have events from time to time, Jared, real quick. And, and some yeah. of them we get to go together. I know that there'll be another event, be healthy Utah in April in Sandy at uh -huh. the convention center there. So I want to plant the seed for everybody that listens to you in Utah. But if you're, you got fans around the world, around the country, we've got bunches of events coming up in Florida coming up and, uh, I, Atlanta's coming up. So I have an upcoming events tab on the, on my website at robertscottbell.com. Uh, you can go to see where we're going to be. And again, I, I hope Jared is at a bunch of those too, not just the local ones, but uh, he's got a story. He's got a mind. I don't have that. So I can just <laughs> travel easier, uh, but getting together with you is so much fun. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm so glad uh, we're connected now after all these years. And I look forward to doing a lot more with you. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. And, and just before we hang up, are you going to be at the uh, your health freedom Dixie event in on the 14th of January? Are you aware uh, of that one? Yeah, I, I know about it. I don't know if I'm back in town. I've got two events in January, one okay. in Florida, one in Nashville. If I can make it to that, I, I would try to. But yeah, that. thank you for reminding me of that and telling everybody to be there for that event too. That's yeah, gonna that's awesome. going to be great. I've been uh, blessed with the opportunity to speak at that event with some amazing people. So really excited to do that. And again, please, if you're interested in this stuff and you really love to learn about it, uh, the Robert Scott Bell Show is a great place to go. I'm going to link uh, his show, uh, the podcast link, as well as uh, links to a few of these other things that we've talked about uh, in the uh, show description, sorry, on your podcast app. So check it all out there. And don't forget, if you want to dig even deeper to join the Vitality Radio listeners community on Facebook, where we talk about all this stuff all day as well. RSB, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today and for joining me on Vitality Radio. Big hugs. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. This guy is, uh, he's local now. He didn't used to be. We get to see each other at events all the time like we just talked about. We get to talk to a lot of the same people, interview a lot of the same people. And uh, RSB has been doing it a lot longer than I have and been doing it really, really well. I hope you check him out on the Robert Scott Bell show. And uh, give me feedback on the interview here on this show. Uh, you can call us at 801-292-6662 at Vitality Nutrition. You can check it out. Check us out online, vitalitynutrition.com. You can open up the chat window there and talk to me or my son Bridger as well. 
That's all I've got for you today. I hope you have an absolutely amazing new year in 2023, which if you're listening to this as it's dropping, is tomorrow. So I hope you're ready for it. Again, I appreciate all of your support this year. 2022 has been phenomenal, and I can't wait to bring you what we're bringing you in 2023. A bunch of new amazing formulas that I've been working on, a bunch of new amazing guests. I've already got two or three recorded that I'm going to bring you the first couple of weeks of next year. Some great rants that I've already got written down and ready to go. I just need to figure out where to squeeze them in and so much more. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy New Year. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.